0: Then he goeth and taketh to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, in today's gospel we witness our Lord casting out the devil from the dumb man. The incredulous Jews refuse to believe that our Lord is the Messiah, and accuse him of casting out demons by the power of the prince of demons, Beelzebub. Our Lord answers them, showing them the illogical hypocrisy of their accusation, in pointing out that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falleth. If Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub, and if by Beelzebub I cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out. Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. Our Holy Mother of the Church seems to suggest two points for our consideration today through her choice of the liturgical texts. Dom Prosper Guillerm summarizes them both in his commentary in the liturgical year. But if there be one season of the year, writes the venerable and learned abbot, more than another, in which the faithful ought to reflect upon what is taught us both by faith and experience as to the existence and workings of the wicked spirits, it is undoubtedly of this Lent when it is our duty to consider what has been the cause of our past sins, what are the spiritual dangers we have to fear for the future, and what means we should have recourse to for preventing a relapse. Let us then hearken to the gospel. And what does the gospel teach us? Well, first of all, that we are engaged in a battle for our souls with the evil spirits with whom there can be no compromise. The evil spirits seek to tempt us by many means by distracting us from our eternal end, by inducing us to reject our only true good, God Himself, for the created goods of pleasure, of power, of possessions, making them our final end in the place of Almighty God. Too often, We seek to live with one foot in God's camp and one in the world, persuading ourselves that compromise is possible. As long as we observe the major commandments, we tell ourselves, little does it matter if we allow ourselves a small, illicit pleasure or worldly attachment. God will understand. But will he? Our Lord tells us in today's gospel, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. We are either with our Lord or we are against him. We cannot compromise with the powers of evil, who present evil to us under the appearance of good, seeking by this nothing more than our eternal ruin, as they hate us and are jealous of the goodness that God has bestowed upon us. Be ye not, therefore, partakers with the children of unbelief, St. Paul tells us in the epistle of today. He continues, For you were heretofore darkness, but now light in the Lord walk then as children of the light for the fruit of light is in all goodness and justice and truth now during this holy and penitential season of lent is time to examine the many aspects of our life to see if they are in conformity with god's holy will for us our holy patron saint francis de sales talks about attachment to sin in his introduction to the devout life he writes All the children of Israel went forth from the land of Egypt, but not all went forth heartily. And so when wandering in the desert, some of them sighed after the leeks and onions, the flesh pots of Egypt. Even so, there are penitents who forsake sin, yet without forsaking their sinful attachments, their sinful affections. That is to say, they intend to sin no more, but it goes sorely against them to abstain from the pleasures of sin. They formerly renounce and forsake sinful acts, but they turn back many a fond, lingering look to what they have left, like Lot's wife as she fled from Sodom. They are like a sick man who abstains from eating melon when the doctor says it would kill him, but who all the while longs for it, talks about it, bargains when he may have it, would at least like just to sniff the perfume, and thinks those who are free to eat it very fortunate. And so these weak, cowardly penitents abstain a while from sin, but reluctantly. They would fain be able to sin without incurring damnation. They talk with a lingering taste of their sinful needs, of their sinful deeds and envy those who are yet indulging in the like. And St. Francis' Sales continues, Thus a man who has meditated some revenge gives it up in confession, but soon after he is to be found talking about the quarrel, averring that but for the fear of God he would do this or that, complaining that it is hard to keep the divine rule of forgiveness. Would to God it were lawful to avenge oneself. Who can fail to say that even if this man is not actually committing sin, he is altogether bound with the affections thereof. And although he may have come out of Egypt, he yet hungers after it and longs for the leeks and onions he was wont to feed upon there. It is the same with the woman, who, though she has given up her life of sin, yet takes delight in being sought after and admired. Alas, of a truth, all such are in great peril. Dear faithful, is there anything in our lives, for example, an attachment to sin or to the occasions of sin that constitutes a compromise with the world? Do we have affection for sin, even if we have resolved to stop it? If so, let us make a resolution to cut it off. For we wish to walk in the love of God, as St. Paul says, just as Christ also hath loved us and delivered himself for us, an oblation and a sacrifice to God for an odor of sweetness. The second point that we should consider today is that of the possibility of a relapse into our former faults. We have been called from the darkness of sin to, into the light of the friendship of God and his holy grace. However, we are not yet saved. By the grace of God, we must begin again in earnest each day the work of our conversion. Our Lord is speaking of this possibility of falling again into sins of the past if we are not vigilant in keeping the good resolutions we have made and seek daily to grow closer to God. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a man, our Lord said, he walketh through places without water, seeking rest, and not finding, he saith, I will return into my house whence I came out. And when he is come, he findeth it swept and garnished. Then he goeth and taketh with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and entering they dwell there, and the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. What is the house swept and garnished for the return of the evil one, if not the soul? Who, having abundantly received God's grace, yet does not fully cooperate with it, but allows itself to retain unholy attachments, temporizing in its duty of giving itself entirely over to God, who seeks nothing more than to draw the soul closer to Him, so that He might fill it with His graces and benedictions. Let us then, writes again Dom Giranger, be on our guard against a, a relapse. And in order that we may ensure our perseverance, without which it would have been to little purpose to have been in God's grace for a few days, let us watch and pray. Let us keep ourselves under arms. Let us ever remember that our whole life is to be a warfare. To obtain this gift of perseverance and detachment from sinful affections, from sinful attachments we may have, let us address ourselves particularly in this month to the glorious St. Joseph and, of course, our Blessed Mother Mary, who more than any others admirably practiced this necessary virtue of perseverance and who can obtain it for us from our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.